You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. If your religion causes you to feel like you must reject your lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, gender non-binary, queer, or questioning kid, please find a different expression of your faith. Run. Don't walk. Don't accept any expression of religion that calls you to reject your own children. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 434. Our title this week is Rejection for Doing What is Right, and our feature text is Luke 14, 25 through 33. Now, large crowds were traveling with him, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father or mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even life itself, can cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to wage war against another king, will not sit down first to consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000. If he cannot, then while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. So I'm not a fan of this week's passage. It's, um, it's, it's a passage that is extremely vulnerable to abuse, and it's been used to abuse and scapegoat marginalized people, and too often uh, to justify parents specifically in rejecting their LGBTQ kids. As Patrick Ching uh, correctly notes, this is in his book Radical Love, page 94 through 95, many LGBT people were scapegoated by our peers growing up because because we did not fit within the typical gender norms. Indeed, some of us may have been bullied by classmates in school, not because we did anything wrong, but rather because we were perceived as being different or outsiders. The issue of anti-LGBT bullying and scapegoating has taken on a particular urgency in light of the horrific string of suicides in the United States in the fall of 2010 of young men. Some as young as 13, who were tormented by their classmates because they were or were perceived to be gay. In many ways, queer people today can be seen as scapegoats of the larger society. In other words, society often channels its repressed violence, either metaphorically or literally, toward LGBT people, who are seen as different or as outsiders as a result of our marginalized sexualities and or gender identities. As such, We are often the target of discrimination and sometimes even violence for the sake of preserving order in society. So in our society, 
Christians have been among the worst offenders. Too often, the, the, the stained glass windows of our church communities amplify the bigotry in the rest of society. And readings like this week's are used by parents and their rejection of their LGBTQ kids, as I mentioned earlier, while feeling as if it's, it's God who is calling them to do so. And I want to say this loud and clear to parents this week. If your religion causes you to feel like you must reject your lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, gender non-binary, queer, or questioning kid, please find a different expression of your faith. Run. Don't walk. Don't accept any expression of religion that calls you to reject your own children. And because there is another way to interpret this passage, um, I, we're still going to talk about it this week. And, and I believe that the way that is a, a more life-giving interpretation is to prioritize working for a safe, compassionate, just world for everyone, especially those presently marginalized, and, and to value that above the acceptance of bigoted family members. If you don't have bigoted, bigoted family members, you're one of the lucky ones. But sometimes families will reject us for standing up for what is right. And I think that is what uh, this passage could be talking about this week. At least it's a more life-giving interpretation of, of this week's passage. And Crystal and I, my wife and I, have both gone through years of silence and rejection from family members, extended family members, due to our positions on things like anti-racism, LGBT. TQ and inclusion and affirmation, uh, gender justice, um, ecological justice, economic justice, and then there, there, there are other values. And it hurts to be rejected or to be spoken evilly against by extended relatives, especially those who might have raised you. It hurts to be shut out and viewed as dangerous. Uh, Crystal and I both have have family members who believe their their worldview is one where they believe that God will ultimately reject and destroy those they think, believe, or practice the quote-unquote wrong thing. It's a little wonder that in worshiping a god like that, who will ultimately do things like that, that they feel justified or even encouraged to practice that level of rejection with us today. And part of me feels sorry for them. I know that their behavior is motivated primarily by self-preservation. It's They're not wanting to be associated with us so that their god doesn't reject them too. And part of me is angry at the bigotry that prevents them from from, from waking up to how intrinsically harmful their religious paradigm is. They, they miss so many of the, the red flag warnings because of rejecting God. It resonates with their own prejudices and their own worldview. And part of me just hurts about it all. Rejection always hurts, but especially from people that you care about and love when they're in your family. This week's reading, it calls us to recognize that facing rejection it may be part of our journey of following Jesus. It's a cost that we should be aware of before we embark on that journey. Our society pushes some people to the margins the same way that Jesus' society pushed him out. And we can expect uh, that same treatment. That This was a cost, honestly, that I didn't consider in my own life when I started standing up for 
for people and folks that in communities that I felt were being harmed. And, and, and it's been all the more painful um, because I, I, I didn't process that ahead of time. Jesus's last phrase in this week's reading in the context of this passage, um, none of you can become my disciples if you don't give up all your possessions. We need to make a mention about that too. This saying is, is about much more than just possessions. It's about relationships. In Jesus's society, possessions and family they were synonymous. The family was the center of the economy. If you had no family, you didn't exist politically, economically, or even socially. So in these stories, Jesus is confronting the social structures of his own society, structures that benefited some families above others and at others' expense. And those who are benefiting from the way of from that specific way of organizing that society, they didn't want society to change. They rarely do. They didn't perceive the change that Jesus described or, or taught as being good news, but as as uh, something to be resisted at every step, even if that meant rejecting a family member who was also calling for the same changes, who was beginning to follow Jesus. If Jesus's first century followers had their family reject them for following his vision of organizing our world without marginalization, then that rejection, remember, it had deep economic implications, and that's why possessions are brought in are brought up here at the end of the passage. And and if their well-to-do families rejected them, this week this week's reading it calls us to count the cost and understand what we're signing up for too. And and this is what it means to me to carry one's cross. Remember, carrying a cross is not passively accepting injustice or abuse. That is a a, a very unhealthy way of interpreting carrying one's cross. The Romans, they used the cross to scare people into not speaking out, not standing up, not causing trouble. Jesus was put on a cross because he refused to passively accept an unjust reality. His temple protest is just one example. But so, so how does this apply to us today? Following Jesus today, it includes speaking out against social injustices too. And, we, and in doing so, we may also face crosses in our our own context today and what those look like today that the powers that be threaten us with and our, our, our reading this week it calls us to consider speaking out anyway resist get into good trouble speak out don't remain silent and today our families may reject us using scare words like socialist or communist or progressive or liberal and and that's okay our reading this week encourages us to recognize ahead of time that we may face negative feedback from those who are benefiting from the systems of this world even when they are our relatives and working for a more compassionate just and and safe world for everyone. It's hard work, and I believe it's work that's worth it, but we can still be honest about how hard it actually is. We can use also these difficulties as waymarks to remind us that we are in the right story, and rather than discouraging us or causing us to quit, these difficulties can, can spur us to keep pressing on and, and leaning into the work. Justice is a touchstone for ensuring that we're interpreting our readings in our sacred texts in a life-giving way. Is family rejection part of our story? And is it part of our story because we're standing up for justice? Or uh, is it because 
we are the family member that is rejecting someone else because they're different. If it's because we're standing up for justice, then we're in the right story. Otherwise, um, that rejection is unjust and not uh, the story Jesus calls us to. Our reading this week doesn't only call us to count the cost. It also calls us to recognize that if we are being rejected for doing what is right, we don't bear the responsibility. We're not to blame ourselves for being rejected by our families because we are different or because we're standing up for those who are different. Rejection, unfortunately, it may be part of our work, uh, our work of, of working toward a just world. Count that cost and work for justice nonetheless. Hark group application this week share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group number two share an experience where you also faced rejection for standing up for others who are being harmed and discuss that with your group and then number three what can you do this week big or small to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe compassionate just home for everyone thanks for checking in with us today right where you are remember keep living in love choosing compassion taking action and working toward justice i love each of you dearly i'll see you next week